there's a new Tom King Penguin series coming out. Mm. He's also doing one of four stories in that Batman Brave and the Bold anthology that's going to start coming out soon. And it's a it's a three or four part story about the Joker that he's doing with Mitch Garrods. And apparently it's like very scary. Cool. I'm in. I'm on that Tom watch, you know, Tom King, Tom King. He's everywhere. Tom Kang! He's traveling through Tom! He's Tom Kang! podcast episode 307 we're back on track with our numbering conventions it's a comic book podcast brought to you by the (laughs) cradle of culture the comics place uh comic shop in bellingham washington these are three people that run it this podcast is about the books that we read this week it's equally about that and us sort of flirting with each other we don't get to flirt with each other quite as much as we used to so we set aside this time weekly to just sort of sniff around each other i'm jeff we call me the prime nose. I'm Django. We call me the sub nose. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Uh, no, 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 I'm no. Django. And don't delay we... as much this time. Right? <laughs> okay. Need you to think uh, like quicker, faster. Right? Yeah. I have yeah, to yeah. be like, like yeah, turn my brain on quick. It. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm Django and they call me the ball toucher. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Roman and only my nose knows. <laughs> See, like <laughs> that was great. That was great. Thanks. Thank Oh, oh Roman. <laughs> Django said the sub nose and the ball toucher. But hey, Django, before we get into the heart of the books, the meat of the book. Hey, it's a comic podcast, laddies. And it's no. Irish. No? You don't like it. No, that was like four days ago when people are listening. No, it's today. It's Saint it's Partridge. Always. It's the Saint Partridge Day. Saint Partridge Day. And I had corned beef and garbage. <laughs> That's how they say corned beef and garbage. Um, but I was about to do something <laughs> with that. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I remember I what it was. Django, a comic book it... came out today and it was called Pee Pee Poo Poo Comics. <laughs> you didn't bring it home and read it? No, we only had one on the shelf, but it definitely piqued my interest. I like the glitter on the cover and I like the title quite a bit. And consistency used to mean something to you, Django. You yeah, only had one on the shelf? Because I took one home, but that was on Tuesday. Was I not supposed to? <laughs> It's fine. It's no, we, fine. we had one today. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Pee pee poo poo. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's full of pee pee. Yeah, I was, I was okay. for sure. I was I've... just looking for like an early episode review from Django. But J- Roman, did you read it? Yeah, I was thinking as soon as I saw the cover, it's like, oh, Django's reading this. All right, <laughs> yeah, Roman, tell me. The email. Tell us if, was, if I should read it. You should read it. It was great. Um, <laughs> it really captured the spirit. Yeah, you seem surprised. It's called form- pee pee poo poo. And the format of like classic underground comics first nice. page even has even has robert crumb's head sticking out of a toilet oh wow it's just a psych egg it does sound good i've been trying to transition more over to balls but i could i could get back into the pee pee poo poo thing if you want <laughs> i don't think you're ever going to be able to leave that pee pee poo poo den <laughs> and andrew's but, gonna have a hard time censoring this this episode isn't he yeah i know if we keep letting these pee pees and poo poos drop <laughs> like that we're gonna have to put explicit in the title okay well I, I and the listeners are disappointed, but I'm glad that it was good, Roman. Before we shave the corned beef 
from the lamb i have uh an email from from our friend hello and happy episode 307 i know last week i said that i was declaring that episode 307 despite any evidence to the contrary but also i'm declaring this episode 307 like so many infinite crises on so many infinite earths you know we're just going to give it the same name and let people figure out if this is the same episode or a different episode. Uh, if you want to make this, uh, you know, episode derivative of last week's episode, go right ahead. Just change a couple <laughs> of things. No one will notice. Uh, on the subject of things that are derivative of other things, I was curious, what is your guy's favorite whatever TV show, movie, comic book that is incredibly derivative of something else, but maybe outshines it. I'll, wow. I'll throw out some examples for you. You know, Ted Lasso, totally derivative of Major League, 100% better. Fast and the Furious, totally derivative of Point Break. Is it better? I don't know. You guys can tell me. Or, you know, like how Magic Order is totally just a blatant ripoff of the Godfather. Uh, <laughs> you know, what else is out there that you guys feel like is, you know, just just ripped off or is driven about something else, but you love it and maybe you like it even more. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. And P.S., since it's St. Patrick's Day today when you're hopefully probably recording this, Yar. I'll throw out a little bonus question. Uh, Mary F. Kill, corned beef, Irish soda bread, and Guinness. Go. I'm gonna do oh, that second Mary F. Kill. I thought he said Mary Mary F. Till. I was like, who the hell's Mary F. Till? No, that's <laughs> not the game. Till. Uh, I would marry corn beef. I would. I would. I would fuck that soda bread. And I would kill the Guinness. Yeah, I would. Like, I don't like Guinness. Like, like drink it all in one. Oh, okay. No, I don't like it. Uh, I would. Uh, I. Th- I think I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna flop those last two. Mm. I don't. I don't usually care that much about bread. I've got some Irish soda bread in the other room that I finished while I was sitting down here to record this podcast, and I I would like to eat it. Oh, I guess I over. would. I've never liked this game. Um, I guess I'd marry the Guinness because I love Guinness; it's delicious. Uh, after the soda bread and kill corned beef because I don't care about corned beef. Mm, <laughs> I like corned beef. I think of it as keep trade cut is how I think. Keep trade cut. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, that's much more pleasant derivative 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 i can't think of a good joke for this first one that came to my mind was nirvana and the beetle Uh nirvana and the pixies you know in terms of like the most basic pop melodies out there but kurt cobain talked a lot about blatantly ripping off the beatles so that was probably why that came to mind uh i'll also say like you know chris burnham and frank quietly but i don't like chris burnham more than frank quietly but like there's kind of a a little section of artists that i like a lot that are all like kind of just doing quietly the grotesque and harry and and... yeah but the villa lobos and the burnhams and the pateras yeah i mean comic book wise i would say black hammer oh that's good yeah comes to mind and uh, what was the mark wade one from boom uh in irredeemable irredeemable yeah was really really good hard to say that it's better than superman but um those are those are both super derivative things and i would say mad max fury road and raiders of the lost ark are both super derivative movies that uh are top top of their genre i'm really struggling to think of anything i I think nirvana's and pixies is a better probably better one that's a a hard thing for me I think I think about that a lot, but I don't think that I think about it that much. Hmm. I don't think I think about it because all, all that's coming in my mind for some reason is the the first two Naked Gun movies and this TV show they came from Police Squad. 
and how much they're so much better than their source material, which is, you know, cop shows. You know, I thought of one. Jorge Fornes and David Mazzuccelli. Yep. Yep. Uh, Although it's hard to say that hmm. either one of them is better than the other for me. Because they're the exact yeah. same. They're just both so good. Yeah. Roman, you said that's from Police Squad? Yeah. I try, I watched Police Academy the other day thinking I was getting into something related to Naked Gun. And I was like, this is not very funny at all. No. I guess that's why. No. Yeah, po- Police Squad no. was a, I think it was like one season maybe in the late okay. 70s. And it was, you know, the same guys that made Airplane and the Naked Gun movies. And I think Les- and Leslie Nielsen was on it. Oh, yeah. and so was his buddy, uh, was it George Kennedy? Played Frank yep. in the, yep. yeah, he He's was on show. Police. Yeah, he was on the TV show too. Nice. Man. That was great. Good, good question, Will, and really, um, really long answer, guys. <laughs> good, good answers, Django and Roman and Jeff. <laughs> You're right. That's how an adult would respond to that. Um, but we got to get to the, we got to get shave the meat off the lamb, guys. We got to get the corned beef off the lamb. So we got to start by talking about comic books, and I am not going to decide this week. Did you guys read No One Number One? Who? No one, number one. No, no, nope. I did not. This book. Okay, no. well, that's probably not what we should start with. Then Never we can mind. start with it. Just no uh, take one. a deep breath. And, sure, and, I'm, cu- I'm curious. Yeah, what, I'm curious what you guys have to say because I still haven't picked up my uh, diamond books yet. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, no one is by Kyle Higgins and Brian Buccalato, and it's an image book. And I think it might be related to the Massive Verse. I think it is. But like, also, I think that those Massive Verse books are being executed in a way that they, they really don't have to be read together. Well, now they fucking tell me I could have been reading more comics. Well, I don't know. I That, that was what he said in his speech or something. But also sometimes that's just a thing that people tell you so that you, you know, like Marvel events, like you don't have to right. read them all, but sometimes you do. Right. Um, that said, this was a very dense book. It was like 42 pages of content. The art is really good. And it is an incredibly ambitious, like procedural pretty dense murder mystery um, with some very light superhero stuff, just that there's a vigilante that is is killing people. Um, And it's a pretty great costume. This is the one that like, there's some reporters and like some of them or two of them are getting talked into doing a podcast for their news, like paper. Um, But the podcast is actually being made in our like real world. And Patton Oswalt and a different person are voicing the characters and like cool. there's some other good voice actors in it. And there's like QR codes to link into these websites. So like be solving these puzzles to like be like, I don't know, real world interacting with this whole event. And it whole thing takes place in Pittsburgh, Django. At one point, oh, like, wow. we're going to go down to the strip district. And I was like, Django and I were just there. <laughs> it's ambitious. I, I, it's a pretty dense comic. It's like 42 pages and they're dense, but I was very interested in it. You meet a lot of characters and it's not laborious, but there's a dense kind of web of people. And in the back, he's got like a whole gallery of all of them and their names and affiliations. Nice. Um, it's, it's, it's cool. I, I would highly recommend it. My one trepidation is that like, I don't want it to go too into like the radiant red, radiant black realm of things. Cause I'm right. not reading those, but there was no mention of them and it was all totally. And so unless somehow these characters also, are in those books it, it seems pretty separate so i do just want to applaud kyle higgins for i think the scope of what he's doing you know when we talked to him at comics pro he did say that this is like the most ambitious thing he's ever done um and i love alternate reality games where they you know put stuff in our world so uh a plug 8.5 a plug i'm so i kind of it was like 
one of the biggest image releases of the week. So I thought maybe people would have read it, but also I think it's in that massive verse thing. So I think we're all kind of checked out on that. The cover it's really didn't grab me. Narrative. Who drew it? Ryan Buccalato. Okay, nice. Oh, wait, and... no. He just co-wrote it with Kyle Higgins. Geraldo Borges, because Brian Buccalato does art. Geraldo Borges is the artist. It's good art. The art is good. Oh, okay. Good art. Good. I, I really like the the thing that you said um, about how it's like there's it centers around some podcast guys mm-hmm. and sounds like they're all like 30 to 50 year old white dudes. So it like that rings true. I didn't say that. It's a it's a black woman in her like late 20s. Patton Oswald's <laughs> playing a black woman oh, in her late 20s. That's the uh, that's the one guy whose name I there was less prominently featured. Oh. The, uh, the lady. But yeah, you're right. I only did say his name. Rachel Lee Cook is the main artist lady on the podcast. Okay. All right. Well, then I take back my joke. Strike two for Django. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. That was actually what I wanted. I feel good about that. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guy. I got got your back. I'll fall on the dumb sword. (laughs) Okay, guys. Well, does somebody else want to try to do what I did, but do it better than I did? Yeah. So, hey, welcome to the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. My name is Ball Toucher, and uh, we're going to talk about (laughs) Superman Lost number one of ten. I'm assuming both of you read that. Um, Please, Roman. Please I did Roman. it. I did it for me. I, I lost it. my I did it for you. I lost my copy. No, I <laughs> read it. What happened to your copy? Oh, I get it. You are a silly guy. It's got a beautiful <laughs> cover. That cover is so pretty. Yeah, the cover's good. And this is probably, so this is written by Christopher Priest with art by, oh, hey, you guys ever Pagulian. butcher a name before? Pagulian. Pagulian. Carlo Pagulian. Yeah, Carlo Pagulian. Uh, Jason Paz on inks. Um, this is probably the first priest book that I've enjoyed in 15 years. Dude, I see the name Christopher Priest and I'm usually Christopher Pass, you know? Yeah. I was driving around today. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I think it's the first thing I've ever read of his where I was like, this isn't a mistake that I'm reading this. <laughs> yeah. And I like it took me a minute, like the first few pages is kind of hard to get through unless you've managed to find the rhythm that Clark and Lois have when they're talking the rhythm method like yeah just they they they're having a conversation and it's a supernatural conversation but it's not the first way that I read it so I went back and reread it and I was like okay I I it, it makes a lot more sense now um, but the setup is basically Superman and Lois are hanging out and having a having a night in and Superman flies off to take care of something and he just comes help back the JL buddies out, you know, JLBs. Yeah, just hang out with the JLBs and, and he comes back and a couple minutes later and it's been 20 years for him and just a few minutes for Lois. And then Batman shows up and they talk about what happened and, and how he got there. There's going to be 10 issues and I'm, I'm interested. I want to know what happened. I want to know why he's got that thousand yard stare. Like, I think what worked so well about this was the reveal of mm-hmm. him having you know lost on 20 years like it's just so unnerving that like she wakes up and he's like standing there thousand yard stare silent and she's yeah. like trying to get to him to talk and he's not talking that's just so un-superman it was so unsettling and just like the art the way that it conveys it and he's just like you just you know you as the reader are like what happened what happened dude what happened yeah. and then i just love that reveal of i've been gone 20 years and it's like what yeah roman yeah, do you like then, it you're probably a, you're probably a man of the cloth a fan of christopher priest you know i thought that guy died 
Well, see that Jim Owsley. See that the yeah, I was gonna say that joke only works if you know that wasn't Priest the one that like almost inadvertently kind of pretended to be dead and then came back as priest because Jim Owsley supposedly had died. Oh, I didn't know that. I I do I know, know that I used to think that uh um fuck. Walter Simonson's signature I thought was Jim Owsley because of the big O. Oh <laughs> this is a dinosaur. <laughs> that is cool. Um <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to look Jingo, that do up. you know that his is a dinosaur? Who? Simonson? Walter Simonson's signature. Oh, it's a brontosaurus? Jenga, you got to look that. at Walter. If you're I'm listening to it. this right now and you know of Walter Simonson, look up his signature because it's a dinosaur. It's one of my favorite signatures out there. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this is going to take a minute. It, it is very cool for that. I, lo- I, do. I forgot about that. Oh, but yeah. It is. Interesting. Cute, huh. right? Fat old dino. I like it. Um, Roman, did you like this comic? Oh. Uh, Not as much as Walter Simonson's signature. I, <laughs> I know that we're all thinking about Simonson. I I did, and it's funny too because when I the first page or two, I thought, "Is this?" I thought the artist was um, oh, I forgot his name. The guy that always works with like Garth Ennis and stuff. Um, Derek Robertson. I yeah, thought I thought that was, too. I thought yeah, I thought that, and it's, well, it wasn't quite Derek Robertson. Um, but yeah, I like the story. I like that mystery about it all. I like the teamwork the JLA shows. Each of them breaking off and doing their things. Um, I really like Lois, the way she, classic Lois Lane, you know, she's not, as soon as Bruce Wayne and Batman shows up at her place, she, she's like, what the hell did you do uh, yeah, <laughs> to my on. husband? And yeah. I love that dynamic. And it was Can cool. I... That, no, please. Oh, it was just cool. The little details, like uh, there's some dialogue here that how Jordan's talking about being a fighter pilot and the stresses on these planes he's holding back. And Wonder Woman brings up the fact that, that, you know. She flies a fighter jet and it's like, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman was also a fighter jet pilot. We never think about that. <laughs> yeah. Question. Question for the council. He's not in this. Oh, of course. You clever boy. Okay. So Superman gets home. Lois is like, what the fuck's going on? After that, Bruce knocks on the door and he's like, I have some, some. And you assume he's going to say bad news or news. Uh-huh. So does he think he's getting there before Superman? Yes. I think so. Okay. So that's weird. Well, he Did also we, does know it, Superman's been gone. So he doesn't know he's back. Yeah, he right. thinks he's okay. dead inside the black hole. Okay. And I guess it's been hours, right? It says hours later. Right. Like she fell asleep working on her newspaper story. So, yeah. okay. So the Justice League has in several. Okay. Well, so either Superman came out or he just appeared somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So they would probably still be looking around the thing after several hours. Like they're not giving up. They're trying to check this thing out make sure superman doesn't come out right yeah, yeah in okay. fact i think bruce even says something about aquaman and wonder woman are still looking or something right so okay so he has <clears throat> appeared somewhere else or this isn't superman but it seems like it is superman it does seem weird that in a world where superman does superman things bruce would let lois know like less than 48 hours later it's right? weird like, that lois would let him know that no it's weird that bruce would go to lois five hours after superman disappeared like how many times has superman been sucked into an alternate dimension and that's true you know like i would would think at this point bruce could text her i think they were like kind of pretty sure he died though yeah i mean like in him going in there they were like bro anyway all of that to say um this book captivated my imagination (laughs) and i really enjoyed reading it and all of the things that i usually associate with not being super into I guess I just think of Christopher Priest's writing style as having a pretty dated feel to it. Yeah. Like he did a bunch of DC stuff, Deathstroke stuff. 
Bunch of death, the, the Deathstroke Batman crossover was the last time I really dipped my toe yeah, in, his, during, in his work during Rebirth. But so I was reading that stuff, and it you know it it felt kind of like late eighties, early nineties comics trying to exist in current day, which is fine because we need some of that. But this doesn't didn't feel like that. This just felt kind of like a timeless Superman story. So and yeah. even if but definitely felt modern actually to me. So anyway, uh, I liked it. I I gave it. There's so many books I read this week. Eight point five. Nice. I give it an eight. Give it. Partly, give it. 8.5. 8.5. Partly because of the, the use of the term turbidity. Yeah. Very impressed with that. Django, I just, that sequence with Superman standing there, like when he got, I just like, while reading, I was like, or at the reveal, I was like, Django's going to like this scene. Like, it was Django's spooky. Like this sequence. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It yeah, was. I liked it. Uh, Roman, where do you, where do you think of it? Um, transitioning to a different book too. Where, where do you segue that to? Mm-hmm. But save time before time 21 for me, because I want to lead the discussion that we all have about that. The the monthly discussion about time before time. <laughs> Did you know that's still a comic, Roman? I didn't know that was still <laughs> a comic. Turb- <laughs> well, the turbidity is there. It is. It makes me turbid. Um, <laughs> well, Roman is really flustered by this. He hasn't been writing his scores down, so he doesn't nope. know which one to look for. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember the first book I read this week was Hellcat, and I liked it, but that was on Tuesday, and now I'm like, uh, what was this about? Oh my god, <laughs> this is this is this is why people lose faith in us. Roman, you know what I do? I <laughs> go to the store and I pick up all the books that I've returned, and I flip through all of them before the podcast. I'm just offering suggestions. No, oh, I had to take a nap before the podcast because oh, that's true. Because we started it's, it's, late, I get yeah. it. It was my fucking <laughs> beef, dude. Corn beef and ball touching. People are like, you late. Do those three even like each other? <laughs> like, do they? Like, the yippy one is mean, and like the old one. And I don't. I know. Mean, I know. We I don't start mean the old old one. I mean the one that's like old. I know. We start recording this thing. It's past my bedtime. I know. <clears throat> I know. Oh, I know. Okay. Uh, I I like I like Hellcat. There's your intro. <laughs> right on. <laughs> it's by Christopher Cantwell. And so it continues her story from oh, Christopher Cantwell's Iron Man. Okay. Um, okay. Is she still uh, Iron Man's boo thing? Nope. She broke up with Tony Stark. Good. Said, said man, I love you, but I got to figure out some shit. And you got to get your shit together, basically. Is yeah. He still, is he still on the sauce? Um, I don't know. Th- I think it ended that with no, he's not. Okay. He's on or, wait, the sauce. Does on, uh, on the sauce means you're drinking, right? Yeah. On the sauce means off the wagon. Okay, I don't, yeah. I've never understood the wagon one. <laughs> you fell off. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. Holy really. shit! What, what, what wagon? <laughs> I would be sitting in my house being like, I fucking hate these guys. I just want to hear about comics. <laughs> um, well, well, when you Hell- can text your mom while we're talking about the sauce. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hellcat Patsy Walker, she is off the sauce. Um, she moved to the Centerville, California, and she's there's there's mysteries going on, you know, because she spent time in hell and married to the son of Satan um, mm. and went crazy for a while and then went dead and then came back. Um, so there's there's, so there's going to be some supernatural elements to this storyline. And there's some gruesome stuff in this issue that she's got to solve. I just choked <laughs> on my kombucha. <laughs> so it's a mystery. There's a mystery. And, and you know, one of our beloved old marvel characters um shows up should i tell you who it is yeah, yeah. uh sleepwalker oh <laughs> it's the return of the sleepwalker so, so what do you gonna... what do you give it that sounds really good <clears throat> this is gonna be fun um 
and of course there's flashbacks to our traumatic childhood and all this uh so i it get sounds it darker than i was thinking oh yeah it's 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 gonna be this dark yeah. welcome biggest, to can't well can't well the biggest patsy walker hellcap think book i can think of is the one that was like was that ryan north also no it was somebody oh else. um or kelly thompson maybe i don't know somebody somebody yeah in that ballpark but, there yeah um, um there's okay. some mysterious creepy figure in a bunny mask in the background in the alley i'm in will you bring me your copy when when we're done with the podcast <laughs> yes yes I, i'm gonna give this oh, joy, boy golly i'll give this a oh man that last page i'm gonna give this a nine wow nice. nine patsy points nine patsy <clears throat> points um question and i have a guess but did either of you read the forged by image comics hell yeah big book yeah dude it's uh greg Rucka. roman did you read this greg Rucka book i have not roman what happened to you you used to be the guy that read every comic and now you're not even writing your scores down i I read the comics i picked up on tuesday but i haven't been back to the store since tuesday we need to get this guy a intervention um (laughs) greg rucka eric troutman and mike henderson the forged we know that guy yeah why do we know eric troutman eric troutman um because isn't he married to um um oh you know uh What's her name that owns Gabby, Gabby, Gabby's comics and cards in Olympia. Oh, really? I, I, yeah. Is that her husband? Yeah, that would kind of make sense because uh, Rucka is in that Portland. neighborhood too. Yeah. He's in mm. Portland. Wow. Okay. Well, didn't know that. Um, Greg Rucka, Eric Troutman and Mike Henderson on art. This is black label sized Django. What do we call this size? Magazine size. Magazine heavy metal size, size but not square size. bound. It's a, it's a fat boy. That's what it's I like a, to call whoa. It. Sorry. Um, it's, it a big, is a, it's a big it's a big it's a fat no, boy i don't know what to call it <laughs> wow it's just a big old comic book um, it's a whale a box eight and a half by 11 it's bigger than that isn't it it's a whale well and i'm glad i don't edit this podcast <laughs> yeah me too thanks andrew okay thank you andrew <laughs> this is a space book that takes place in the far 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 future on a nine thousand per ninety thousand person vessel that has some ties to a royal government and it's moving from one place to another mm, at and super speeds at super speeds. And there are five very powerful ladies that are like special Marine types that pilot these big mechs. They're called the forge. They're on the ship. And there is like this super hot kinky witch lady that is on there she's a like a future seer right cassandra is what they call her yeah and the forged these women are like they're like kind of produced in batches like by Mm -hmm. the government maybe and um anyway uh this kind of then goes the Battlestar Galactica route and kind of they're out of the ship. And it seems like that whole ship crashes on a planet at the end of this and blows up and they're left. And um, it was enormous, Django. You talk while I count the pages of this. Yeah, it's it feels huge. We are introduced to a lot of characters who don't seem to probably survive the end of the issue. And it's like... It just feels kind of like Jeff said, in, in, in the way of Battlestar Galactica, we are thrown into a spaceship situation and have, what, 60 pages, 50 pages to figure out what's going on and what the, you know, what the hierarchy is and the limitations and the advantages of the ship and the people and the suits and the, like, who's the 
who's the leader of the human race and why are they why do they have this woman named Cassandra a Cassandra like she's not she's she's one of many she's a batch yeah and and she can kind of tell the future and has power almost equal to the empress like it's it, it a lot happens to set this world up and i was i was really impressed with kind of the efficiency and the the ease that they brought us into this whole situation with and it's not the kind of story that i usually gravitate toward um but it's just super well done he's like a great writer but he oftentimes writes books that i'm not super interested in reading Mm -hmm. so like things like lazarus or queen and country which i do need to finish um like um but he does write some things that i like a lot uh but this is cool because it's Close enough to something that I would want to read that mm-hmm. I enjoyed it the whole time. And it was nice to get to experience his writing. Yeah. Like Django said, they just do so much. There's so much world building in here. It's, it feels like you're watching the first hour and a half of the expanse or something like, but, yeah. but also <clears throat> never without of your reach. Like you don't wonder drastically about things. I, I don't know. It's, I, it's very, very impressive. And the art's pretty great too. It's got a kind of, um, that western manga kind of style almost well maybe not quite that who would you compare it to i guess there's a little bit of jamie mckelvey in there yeah i i don't know it didn't the, like the art is really solid but it didn't give me real strong anybody else vibes yeah like, it's it's kind of like the if i were to say image has a house space style yeah this would almost hit that but it's it's a little bit better than that i don't know that it was enhanced by the eight and a half by 11 it nature was not that is a great point but i'm glad it had so many pages because if yeah. you cut me off halfway through this story or a third away through this story i don't know that i would have been tempted to pick up number two but i feel pretty invested at this point and the you know like they they got to a really good cliffhanger place and uh honestly what, did you count the pages it's like 64 yeah, it's a, pages it's no it's a little north of 50 including okay. the back matter i don't uh, know that i would have read a regular size comic that was 50 pages either you there know like is that's a that's an investment a tremendous amount of back matter in the way that he does with like lazarus and source books yeah. so roman i think you'd really dig it um and i just want to mention this is a a really well-paced book like like jenga was saying their amount of world building and a kind of political systems and all sorts of stuff that you understand it never feels like you're sitting there getting a big info dump like yeah. it just happens really naturally and and sadly the when that's done the best it's you notice it the least because you're right. not thinking of you know like so it, it really is just very seamless storytelling i would highly highly recommend it to people um if you like sci-fi stuff or gundamy stuff or like you know space colony stuff like, like alien or um or like the uh it's it's not creepy in the same way that raised by wolves is but it it feels like it's going in kind of that direction with the different factions of politics and religion and and probably stranded on a space planet that sucks like the reason they're going down to that planet is to rescue a black box from another ship yeah and that planet rains molten glass which just sounds awful i wouldn't want to live there sweet ass mechs uh jenga what was your score for it roman i would recommend you read it seven and a half and it probably deserves more and it'll probably get more in subsequent issues i gave it an eight and a half yeah Good, 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 good comic. Good, 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 good comic. Roman, did you read JSA number three? I did. 
I like that in this issue, they kind of addressed <laughs> what Helena Wayne this is, right? Um, like, I, I forget the I, exact I that, line of dialogue, but it, it comes up somewhere. Yeah, I think they did. I, because I, let's see if I interpreted that correctly. So she's, uh, maybe we had this discuss, discussion last time about this book. Is she the daughter of this, Tom King's Catman, Catwoman and Batman? This clears up that it is not. It's not, okay. Yeah, I forget <laughs> exactly how she says it, but she's like, no, I'm from another Earth. I think it's, you know, a line of dialogue, something to that effect. Oh, so she's the old Earth 2 countress? As far as I I remember getting out of this, yes. But I read <laughs> this a week ago now, and I can't remember where the line of dialogue was. See, and now I read it like yesterday, and I can't remember. Um, Dead Man says, is the Huntress your mom? And she says she was a family friend and an inspiration, but my mother's Catwoman. He says, oh, I bet I could guess who your dad was. Huh, yes. Batman. But see, I didn't know if Dead Man meant by that the Bat Family Huntress or the original DC Huntress, who was a villain who changed her name to like Tigress or something. Yeah, I think I misinterpreted <laughs> oh. that when I read it now that you mention it. Um, huh. But like the Huntress was a family friend. I was thinking that the Huntress. Yeah. Anyway. OK, cool. Well, it's still a mystery then. <clears throat> still a mystery i guess I'll, i rescind it uh regardless i like Except, this a lot oh i know why i still thought it was that hunters from tom king's run because she has the snow globe that isn't oh, that the right yeah. yeah isn't that the snow globe from jeff john's dc stuff yeah yeah and that's what was yeah. in the recent yeah flashpoint beyond and stuff which is definitely our okay okay i think we're back on the court the case the juror has returned <laughs> The jury is sitting down, Your Honor. We are we vote that it is Tom King's daughter, and also that Alan Scott looks great in a beard. Yeah, those old Silver Age characters that were all clean cut look really good when you rough them up a bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I wasn't sure about that at first because I thought, you know, the mask and the beard don't really go together, but I think they do. I think it do. I think it do too. It do. I really like the art in this, the Mikhail Janin stuff, especially. Yeah, I really like his art, dude. He's great. I'm always going to have a soft spot for Jerry Ordway, who does like half the issue also. Yeah, it's not good in the same way that Janin is, but it's there's just something about his art that really appeals to me in kind of a late 80s way. Yeah, there's something very, yeah, very uh, classic 80s superhero. And didn't he wasn't he the artist on like Superman and Mm-hmm. all-star squadron for a while there in the yeah. 80s yeah yeah so he just I, fits with these characters i think it balances super super well yeah. with with uh mikhail janet's art and i also think just like totally what they're doing with it in the story with the story we're like representing periods where it would be applicable is awesome and then the fact that we get that just full page glory shot of the unknown soldier was awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah that first sequence <clears throat> of the war with him and easy company uh that was so so cool, and I still, you know, like I said last couple of issues, I love that Per Degaton's the villain in here because he's a classic Golden Age villain. I so love the little. That's oh, yeah. awesome. I just I love that this is one of a couple books this week that I was like, okay, like I'm in the flow of this story finally, and this one I got that because I was like, okay, we kind of have a bad guy now, and I'm putting together the pieces, and we've got his backstory. Um, up until this point, you know, the first two issues, it was sort of like figuring out what the story was and reminding myself what the continuity of it was. And this is the first time it kind of gelled for Degaton. I, yeah. I love the little touches. Um, and that's not a joke because he's a short, short guy. Um, but I love the little details like uh, 
during the JSA fight with the Bizarros or whatever they are, um, whoever's narrating the story mentions that, I think it's Huntress, is, mentions that the female Wildcat, Wildcat 2, um, that she was the only member of the JSA that her mother, Catwoman, respected. Yeah. Apparently yeah. just because she's another superhero woman who runs around in a cat suit. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm in a similar boat. I also did my time in a similar outfit, so I get that. Oh, and you know, there was something else in here that Huntress mentions that in the future she's from, because um, she mentions how it's cool seeing Jakeem Thunder and the Thunderbolt as two separate beings. Yeah. Because in, in her future, they're joined into one being. And I was like, well, that's what that's what they are in Kingdom Come. So is this Huntress from the Kingdom Come universe? <laughs> so, well, I mean, Jeff Johns did his time writing Justice Society and they yeah. had that whole Kingdom Come arc and stuff. Oh, they, I mean, the original Kingdom Come by Mark Wade. Right, 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 right. I don't know. I thought that Hard universe came into his JSA run. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. So they were two separate what? Eh? Two separate entities. Oh. But in they, hers, they were combined. Yeah, I just wanted to hear Roman say being because it really sounds like he says being and I like it. Being. I, was I, I, I pretty much think the nine and I was going to go eight and a half. Sorry. Yeah, I, I pronounce those words as the same. I being and being. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce them differently. Um, God, I probably what did you give it? Eight point nine, eight point five. I was gonna go eight point five or nine, and oh, okay. give it eight point five. But I did I'm, really, really like it. I'll give it an eight point bean. No, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll probably give it a nine. Actually, this is so much fun. It is so much fun. I'm gonna punish it for me having not read his other JSA stuff, and I'm only giving an eight. Nice. I like it. But it, it does make me want to read 70 issues of Justice Society comics for some reason. <laughs> like, that's pretty impressive. Hey, Rowan, I'm just curious. Yeah. Did you read the excellent number one? Uh, I did, actually. Did you did you like it? I, I mean, I'm getting a little diminishing returns on this. There's a lot of number ones. There's been like three or four number ones for this series in the last <laughs> like four years. Yeah, and the uh, legacy number is number six. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's like season two, <laughs> number one. I was like, dude, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I liked it. I mean, I love Allred's art. That's the man. Yeah. I mean, if I, Allred wasn't doing this, I probably wouldn't be reading it. Um, because I don't know how much I actually care about these characters. I mean, I like Mister Sensitive just because he's sensitive, supposed to be a superhero version of. Kurt Cobain's parts of Kurt Cobain's personality. Um, but other than him, I don't know if I actually care about any of these characters. Yeah, I, I think the, the that's a really good point. If this wasn't all red drawing it, I don't think I would be reading it. That said, I like, you know, every time I finish it, I'm like, oh, it's better than I remember it being. But every time I get a new issue, I'm like, am I going to read this? So I don't know <laughs> what that says for the month that it ha- Well, I guess it's usually because there's several months and... I couldn't remember if I was caught up, but I felt caught up while reading this. But I guess I was just mostly curious if you did check it out and what your thoughts were. Yeah, yeah. And I have the same thing where I'm, it's it's usually like my batch of books I've picked up so far for this week. This was the last comic I read. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's got, pl- it's got plenty of weirdness. It's got this strange eyeball yep. character that births other eyeballs. It is very com- weird. Yeah. So that's that's cool. Yeah. I I'm gonna give it a 7.0. Uh, it could maybe be a 7.5, you know, t- strictly on the art, but I I mostly was giving it a seven for the art. But I'll, I'll go I'll go 7.5 actually for the art. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll go with seven, a seven, which isn't quite excellent, but 
a seven for excellent. Yeah. Django, take me dancing, baby. What do you want to dance at? You want to dance on time before time number 21? Or should we I was read hoping something? to lead the conversation about time before time number 21. All right. Tell me what you think about this robot stuff that's happening and how they're. I love that they're in the year negative 4,688,651,234. That's yeah. a pretty fun year to be in. It is. It was cold, as I remember it. The, everybody should read this comic. It's good. Uh, what about, more about it? No, no, no. Tell me more about it. It's just. I talk about it every time it comes out because it's a good comic and I can't convince any single person to read it. It feels like it feels like Looper, but instead of spanning 40 years or whatever Looper spans, it spans billions of years. I don't think that it was designed to be more than a six issue story, but it has taken on such a larger world and the the kind of lore and the characters and the threats just keep getting more and more and more interesting. Um, I think usually when you see a book that kind of gets stretched after an initial run or even a book that has kind of a larger layout at the beginning, it doesn't really do as well as this book is uh, writing wise and storytelling wise. And the art has been great through the whole thing. Like it's, it, it feels almost like uh, the time travel version of Invincible to me, not in the scope of the characters and how many people there are, but just like Invincible was all great superhero stories kind of boiled down and turned into a soap opera. And this is like all these great time travel stories sort of distilled into this epic time travel story. It's I'm, I'm just really impressed with it. Like you never get a time travel story that's more than what, six or 12 issues because they loop around and then it's over. Oh, hey, you, uh, my grandma died anyway or whatever. And this one is like, they just keep going and I'm super impressed with it. Nice try, but I'm still not going to read it. I know. <laughs> you almost got me though. You almost got me what, though. What would have done it? What would have done it? I don't know. You got close. Maybe you'll get there one day, but nice try. Nice try. What do you give it? Read it to you out loud. I'm going to give it an eight. An eight for the 21st issue of a comic that no, we have four <laughs> subscribers for it and Three of them probably forgot that they're subscribed to it. <laughs> oh, this book's still coming out. Um, so good. Um, guys, I stopped reading Harrower number two halfway through the issue. Did you guys read it and like it? I was like, I cannot remember what happened in the first issue of this at all. It's because nothing happened in the first issue of it. And I am halfway through this. And if I can't remember anything from here, what does this say? What wow. does this say? I don't even remember if I read the first issue. Harrower? Okay. I, I brought it home to read it because I really like the the cover of number two. It's like the slasher walking down the stairs quietly at a oh. college party or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty entertaining cover. And I like the first issue enough, but I haven't read it yet. Okay, that, that brought it back. So you <laughs> said slasher. I, I, I did read the first issue. Nice. Yeah. You know it, what? Uh, you know what I did read, Jeff? That I'll bet what? you read too. What's that? Um, it was Nemesis Reloaded. It was read Nemesis that? Reloaded. I loved it. I loved uh, it. Number three, just, uh, you know, continuing that bad guy Batman thing. I love it. Um, you know, I don't know that I'm liking this as much as the original series, but I love it. It makes my nipples hard in a dirty way. And I like how hard it goes into like his, you know, his flashback. He's like, there's this giant asshole and I climbed down it for three days. And when I got to the bottom, <laughs> there was this fucking guy and a dead He's got a weird skull on his head, or maybe his head shaped weird. And he was sitting under a weird angel skeleton, and he gave me a book. And it's a White House in crisis. President Errol Edward Gerald Marshall, and you have like 
three hours or something to memorize. As long it. as his candle lasts to yeah. read the story of the missing president that everybody's forgotten about. Yeah. And he's like, you'll be turning this over in your mind for the rest of your life. And I was like, this is insane. And I fucking love it. I love it so much. Um, you know, it, this was good. This was good. This was good. This was good. I really liked that, and I really liked his method of corrupting a, a flight attendant. Oh my god! To do yeah. his bidding, like three pages <laughs> of him like ratcheting up the blackmail on her until she does oh. the unthinkable. And fuck, it's so that's what I love well about done. this book. It's so perverse and fucked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very good job being an edge lord, Mark Miller. Yeah, you, you're you really pulled it off. You're like, there's no subtlety to this comic. You're not like, you know, he's also good at. Th- he's like, he's trying to do one thing and he's doing it well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I think that's kind of his. Oftentimes, he can just his books are. I'm doing this thing, and mm-hmm. some he does better than others, but this thing he does is very good. This one gets an eight from me. Uh, it gets an eight point five from me. Roman, did you read yeah. the finale of Gold Goblin? I did. I asked these Marvel questions to Roman because I think he read, read them. Um, I haven't read a Marvel book in a hundred years, I think. This whole <laughs> Goblin miniseries ended, also written by Christopher Cantwell. Um, and what did you think of the miniseries? I liked it. I like. I, I didn't realize, I guess, or maybe I'd forgotten that it was only five issues because we got to the end of this and it's like, oh, that's that's it. I mean, Golden Goblin's story is going to be continued in Amazing Spider-Man, I'm sure. But um, this was a nice five issues of just, you know, a middle-aged dude trying to deal with his his guilt and his trauma and having done horrible shit murdered people and that's and that's what the story is i mean in the context of superhero battles and the goblin queen and spider-man and all that i prefer the first half of it when it was mostly what you're describing these last two issues had a lot of him fighting the goblin queen and her screaming about how she's going to make him take his sins back and take these sins they're your sins my sins are not your sins your sins are in my (laughs) eyes stare at my eyes for your sins take these sins and shove it exactly and they shoved it Um, yeah yeah and she's a tiresome character Um, she is i I mean she she's got a good visual and her design is cool but yeah Mm -hmm. we didn't need her for the last two issues i agree i would have liked to just have the final two issues be norman still like sitting on rooftops and stuff and pondering his existence (laughs) and the fact that we're like kind of breaking down norman osborne and having it not be just like this re overdone like the voice of the goblin is in the back of his head trying to get him to do things and he's fighting it. Like this is like kind of breaking him down in a different way. Like he, it's a pretty big deal. He like at the end of this, the final thing is that he kills somebody to save Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And And by, by snapping a neck. Yeah. Which is (laughs) how Gwen died. It's also what Spider-Man did when he killed somebody. Yeah. And doing it right in front of Peter like that. It's like, Whoa, this is, this is, and it ends with Osborne on his knees, you know, crying, you know, kind of just, just say like to I Peter and to, everybody going, to. going, didn't I? Yeah. Wondering about that. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap, that's a great ending. It was a great ending. So, yeah, that's definitely going to have some big follow up, I would imagine. But I thought it was a, a pretty good miniseries and I thought this was a good end to it. Yeah. It's good to spend that much time with Norman Osborn. I really love goblins, if everyone knows that or doesn't know that. Yeah. And I like the little detail that he still has some, you know, goblin uh, stashes hidden around the yeah. city. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's cute. I wish I had stashes like hidden around the city and sewers. You could yeah. have stashes. Wouldn't that yeah. be cool? You could do it, Roman. What would you hide? 
What would you hide? I don't know. I'd have to come up with something to hide. Like beef jerky bars. doesn't go bad. Like, what's a good snack? Beef, beef jerky, cans of spam. Um, oh, spamarino. We, we need a hot plate to cook the spam. Green already, shirts. So I mean, just I, like three backpacks that each have a hot plate <laughs> and a couple cans of spam. All right. Yeah, some old issues of like, I don't know, Team America or something. Some old TV <laughs> guides. I know you're bummed you got rid of Woo, yours. TV guides. Yes. <laughs> Do you need some TV guides, Roman? We can get you some TV guides. Oh, I bet that I bet we have some now, don't we? <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, oh man. Um, I'll give Gold Goblin. Oh, number five, a nice solid seven point five. All right, would have been higher, go. but Goblin Queen, blah. I'm gonna go seven, similar to the Goblin Queen, but I do think a miniseries as a whole in that eight eight point five realm. Oh yeah, yeah. Many series as a whole, yeah, definitely eight, yeah. eight point five. Oh, so many Marvel books to catch up on, but I won't. Marvel, I won't because I don't like not including Django. Django, what have you got over there for us? Well, we we've, we've been dancing around the big one. Uh, spicy superb Trojan number three. What, what, you, what is the big one? Dangerous Street number Little four. Monsters number eleven. Berserker number twelve. Danger Street. Oh yeah, I read Danger Street oh. number four. Number yeah. four. The way beautiful- cop issue. With that beautiful cover. Yeah. Beautiful uh, cover. It's beautiful cover. F- so, okay. Tell me if you guys have this experience with Tom King, where the first issue, you don't really know where you're at. And the second issue, you kind of know where you're at. And the third issue, you know where you're at. This one, we're four issues in. And I'm just starting to really understand what's going on and what the scope of this could be. I would say I totally agree, except for I, I would say it's not even like that strictly linear. But yeah, I would say it usually takes me three to four issues to feel like I've got my feet on the ground in a Tom King story, like I'm keeping Mm -hmm. up or I could even tell somebody what the book is about. I really liked this issue very much because this was the first one that felt like pretty much the whole time, like enough big things had happened that I was able to kind of project arcs, not project, but like uh, understand people without needing an explanation about them. When I saw them in this this enough time with them now that I was reminded of them the whole time. And I, I uh, couldn't have told you exactly what was going on beforehand, but I was I was like, oh, yeah, this, this. Yeah. The whole time um, I love the added information. I, I just the this felt like it really was hitting its stride and mm-hmm. was uh, at the rate that it needed to be going. And I, I think it was a little bit more laborious getting here than it normally is in a Tom King book for me. But I think that's yeah. just by nature of the fact that it's characters I did not know at all. I wonder if it would feel like that if we reread those first three issues now. Yeah, I would. Or if, if they would kind of make a little more sense or or just kind of go down a little bit easier. I love I love so much about this issue. The, the Manhunter killing the kid. Yeah. Who would have thought that that'd be a thing that I would love? Um, I thought that Orion and his mother box just basically being a cell phone with GPS... Like at the ping, you will arrive at your location and he appears from a boom tube basically. And it says ping, yeah, which is like classic Kirby. Um, and then the, the situation that Jack Ryder is in where he's being told by his, basically his Fox news boss that he's got to talk shit on his alter ego, the creeper. I thought that was really cool too. Yeah. And, and just what a, what a worm he is like the, the kid smacks him and, and, clearly tells him who's boss and like yeah i i thought that that was really cool roman what did you think about this love letter to roman oh i i love this issue too i, I love that with 
I love the fact that the green team kids now as adults or almost adults, I guess they're still kids pretty much um, as teens are getting slaughtered because it just makes no sense that they grow up, they grow up to be because they're all rich, grow up to be little conservative bastards. And now they're getting killed for it. So that's satisfying. The thing with it Jack is. Ryder is pretty amazing. And the creeper. I mean, I love the creeper and Tom King's such a good writer. I mean, I hate the fact that the, he's really leaning into the, natural progression of the creeper of course he'd end up being a conservative <laughs> mouthpiece and i hate that but it's so well written i hit the creeper scenes in here we finally get some like four pages of creeper and it's it's awful but it's the creeper and he looks great he's got his yeah. little sharp teeth and everything and dude the, it, his art works with the creeper so well just those alley shots and the yeah. sound effects of the, the killing yeah i like that there's some hints here of God, what the heck is her name? Lady Cop. Yeah. Um, her origin, because she had some kind of tragic thing in the past, and I don't know if that was part of her first issue story back in the day or not, or if that's a new Tom King thing. I suspect it's a new Tom King thing. But Manhunter meeting with his father and commander or whatever, that was cool. I love the stuff in the library where Travis Morgan like actually turns on the charm and <laughs> gets the library to help him out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oh, very well done. All just great little scenes who do we just th- showing more with these characters. Who, who do we think poisoned the, the green team kid? Was that Jack? Was that Manhunter? Uh, I gotta remember. I don't think like, it was I don't think it was Jack. Um, it's probably the same person who's having Manhunter kill those people, right? That's so that's that what I would kids. think. And is that high The outside. It's the outsiders. Outsider, okay. Who are the outsiders? They they were another. Well, are they Kirby? I don't remember if Kirby did. They were another first issue special story okay. from the seventies, and in that comic, they were it was it was probably one of the weirdest issues of first issue special because it it started and then it ended back at the first panel of the story, so it just kind of time after time repeated. <laughs> How many times did you um, read it? Uh, you could just keep reading. I could still be reading it now. Um, <laughs> But in that story, they were just a group of like uh, misfits and and in the parlance of the time, freaks in this some kind of care center or an asylum or something, and maybe a prison. And they were never really explained. So Tom King's explaining them here, and they're the ones apparently behind these deaths, behind the mystery here. And the guy who the creeper beats the crap out of in the alleyway. He, ca- he calls the creeper an outsider or no, or maybe he calls the black guy. He was assaulting an outsider, mm-hmm. but there's, there's other, this other layers of meaning of outsider than other. So the continuity of the cup and that scene with the poisoning is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Like it's presence and the changing of location, but you still can't tell if this dude ever came in contact with it or not. Yep. Pretty, pretty impressive. Um, it doesn't seem like a creeper thing to do, right? Like, it- Poison seems a little subtle for the creeper. Roman yeah. question about the creeper. Yeah. Uh, creeper questions. Um, is when he's the creeper, is he like still the same consciousness, same personality as his, you know, like other identity, or is he like is it a different personality? Or depends on. It's been both. Depends on okay. who's writing it. Okay. There's been times that there was one writer. I think Len Kaminsky said that when he became the creeper, he was actually possessed by a like demon. Okay. But he's the only one that went outright supernatural with it. You know, like two face, one of them kind of like blacks out while the others in action or whatever. So, yeah, usually it's more of a, I feel like usually it's more of a, 
the creeper is Jack Ryder's like unrestrained id. Mm-hmm. Classic seventies. Yeah, that's um, like how Django is my unrestrained id. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Son of- oh, you know it's man. fun i i read this right after i read jsa so i went from like one story with the helmet of fate to another story with the helmet of fate i am just a fate helm guy today now i boom. think i did it in the opposite order but i think i went back to back with them as well the only thing uh, i yeah it was one of the mis- they introduced this new character at least i think he's new when uh assassin meets this guy at this the oh biggest yeah, I did handle their mustache in the world. I was like, well, I guess it's not a handlebar mustache. It's, I forget what you call that style. But yeah, I don't know who this guy is either. And I'm like, oh my gosh, who is this? Who is this? Yeah, I really okay, want cool. to know. That was one thing I wanted to ask <laughs> you guys, but I'm glad that none of us know. Yeah, and what exactly happens to him? I mean, does Assassin do that somehow? I don't see how because he gets like yeah. shot in the neck, but it's from the wrong side. side. Yeah, you're right. It is from the wrong side. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's a nine for me. The Fornes art. The even when you don't know exactly what's going on, you know something special is happening, and I just can't believe that Tom King is still able to be doing that, and we're just here still talking about it. Yeah, I'm just slightly grumpier than you on everything this week, Jeff. I gave it an eight and a half. Mm. Just, just point five grumpier. I give it a nine and a half. And oh. Romans point five more turpidity. Turpid. Turpidity. Oh there's, oh, there's that library. You know what? I take it back. Look at this stuff with the Orion and his his Siri mother box. I'm going to give it a 10. Roman. 10, 10, 10, 10. I love you. How do you spell gooey duck? G-E-O-D-U-K. Huh. Our system doesn't translate gooey duck into a 10. I'll have to fix that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. I guess I will just add Immoral X-Men is awesome. Immoral X-Men number two is awesome. Roman Avengers Forever. There's a lot of good Marvel books this week is why I keep shouting this at Roman. Avengers Forever. This was the Avengers Assemble Part 9. The next issue is the final one in the main Avengers book, Jason Aaron. So this whole thing is winding down and uh, it's still just this epic, huge, big battle. But Aaron Cooter's art is amazing and it's pretty fun. Lots of big, fun ideas packed in here. You liking that, it, Roman? <laughs> I uh... I mostly am. I mean, I like the big ideas. It's funny though. There, there's so many big ideas yeah. in his run that it's a little yeah. too much and it kind of dilutes everything for me. Yeah. Is, yeah. But I, but I'm still reading it, you know, and it's funny that probably for the last five issues of this storyline, I keep thinking, Oh, this is the final issue. Oh no, wait one more. <laughs> yeah. I did not read a huge amount of the middle of his run, but I've been on for most of this Avengers assemble thing. And I will say I'm excited for him to be off the book just to see what else will be coming. But uh, this Aaron Cooter art is real nice. I want to talk about uh, kind of derivative quietly, but maybe hmm. as good. Aaron do we know there. who's taking over Avengers after Jason Aaron? I think we do. I just forget. I'll look it up while you give a score for it. Oh, Avengers uh, Forever. I will give that a 7.5. Okay. That's okay. number nine. Um, uh, it's number 15 of Avengers Forever. Oh, it's, wow, it's so old. Yeah, and part nine of the st- overall storyline. I do love the Galactus eating the planet Doom or Doom the Living Planet. Okay, you guys, this is, I, this is, yeah, that, that is great, Roman. I gave it a 7.5 as well. The creative team, this is going to be divisive. I'm curious your thoughts. Oh, Jed McKay. Hmm. Okay. I read 15 issues of Moon Knight that Jed McKay wrote. And I didn't care about Moon Knight, and I don't, I don't know why, but there's something good about it. So I've read all his Black Cat stuff, and I don't care about her, but I enjoyed his Black Cat series. You liked his uh, Kang thing, right, Jeff? Did he do that? Yeah, 
I thought that was Lansing and Lanning. He, he did. He did the. Didn't he do the the? There, there was a Kang that like a four issue thing that came out not too long ago. Yeah, there was. He made oh with, do it with his oh yeah with young Kang hanging out yeah. with his older self. Yeah, like a, like a Kang times. origin. Yeah. I think I think I am excited for it. I I think it sounds like all of us have had different things where we liked him pretty good. I think well he's enough. just. I think he's just a really solid workhorse. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. Jango, are you going to give it a try? No, absolutely not. Uh, it was Colin <laughs> Kelly and Jackson Lanning that did Kang the Conqueror. Uh, so I don't know what you like that he did, but I, I, I remember you liking something that he did. So Jango, um, you're not going to read the Avengers? But no. So you're, you're, I, I don't, I'm not challenging it at all, but you're, you are comfortably in a, I'm just not even going to try a chunk of Marvel stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think for me to read a Marvel book at this point, and this this is very general, I'm probably not going to pick up your team book. Yep. And it's probably going to have to be something a little more brooding okay. uh, and, and have a creative team that I already trust yeah. or come ridiculously highly recommended. But yeah. I've just like, in the last two years, I lost the thread of what is going on with most Marvel characters. I read... 15 or 20 other books without having to dip my toe into Marvel stuff. Yeah. And you guys have Marvel unlock. So like I, I support it. I just I, can't quite make the, make the time. And I know I'm missing some good stuff for, because of it. I don't, but. I mean, you're all, you're, but you're also not a huge Marvel fan. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I feel like we, yeah. we bark at you and we think something's stupendous. Some of the X-Men stuff you guys talk about sounds really interesting, but I just don't have the X-Men breadth of knowledge and i, I think it's very good to, justice league to pick pick what you're comfortable not reading uh i just was what? clarifying well roman we can't relate to that, that what if <laughs> what if uh mckay adds moonlight moon Knight to the avengers no still wouldn't do it if it was like i can't think of a realistic avengers team that would the get me to read it like jason like, aaron couldn't get me to read it but you did read number one. Yeah, I read number one. Like I'll I'll try some of those if if the art is great and the writer is somebody I like. But this cast is on the cover: Captain Marvel, Thor, Iron Man, Sam Wilson, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, and Vision. I gotta be honest, that's a lot of characters that I don't care that much about. There's not a single character on that team where I'm like, I really like reading their stories. Is there a single oh, character yeah. on that team that's not in a movie or a TV show? No. <laughs> Huh. Well, I guess Iron Man debatable was in a movie for sure. Yeah, that's hmm. I don't know. I, I I have nothing against him. I just don't have time. No, I support it. Um, Red Goblin number two was fine. Uh, <laughs> Little Monsters 11. Pretty yeah. good. That's is that stats still coming out? Yeah, I don't know how many issues it's going to be. It feels like number 12 is not going to be the end. Um, Roman, you reading this also? Uh, Little Monsters. Yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a couple issues behind. I was reading it. Yeah, it's got the kid named Romy in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's still he's alive. Not, he's legally not allowed to put it down. Yeah. Did you finish Berserker, Roman? Oh, final no. issue. No, I I dropped off like around issue four. Yeah, I this think was I like a off after two. Uh, that's totally fair. Uh, it was a lot of very similar story going on through the whole thing. This one was double or triple size and gave us a whole lot of meat on this bone scrape um, that corned beef from the lamb scrape the corned beef from the fatty rind mm -hmm. uh but it's mm -hmm. clearly set up to leave a, a sequel mm -hmm. open you know they're working on uh 
movie or a TV show or something. And I, this, this is, this is pretty fucking good comic booking. I think all things considered. Like I remember when the first issue came out, they were saying that he was already halfway done with the second arc, like the second series of it. Well, I think this was the second arc. Oh, okay. I think the first six issues was was part one, and then I think there was a break, and then they okay. did part two, and this is definitely like it. May, maybe they meant maybe they meant the next part after this, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a real solid comic. It's not there's there's not a whole lot of nutritional value, kind of in the same way that there's not a lot of a nutritional value in a John Wick movie, but just but good fun and and a lot of a whole lot of lore that kind of sparks your imagination. And also, who doesn't love Keanu? Well, he's not in this comic, but he wrote actually. it. Well, yeah, and isn't you the, can't see him smile when he's writing it. Oh, but isn't the main dude the Berserker? Isn't that basically Keanu all beefed up? Yeah, but he never smiles. He just kicks. Mm. Oh, yeah, mm. big, big, strong legs. Um, guys, we we got to the bottom of it. Uh, I read Saga, but that was last week. God, that was good. Yeah, the only other comics I read this week were Trojan and Spy Superb, and both Ooh. of those are really good. Both Trojan's number three. So good. That's number three. Yeah. Yeah, there's only Spice one issue Superb left. Ended, right? Yeah, last issue was Spy Superb and and maybe my favorite issue. Good uh, good, good series, good good thing. Good, good series of the Kentiverse. Yeah, it's super weird. Like it it gives an epilogue that's an origin for a character you've been following for the whole last couple of issues. And there's just a cool way of showing her like her quote unquote superpower is always knowing a way to escape. It's so like when she was a little kid, she would in her mind, she would have maps of how to escape a social situation. Mm. And now as an adult, she has maps of how to escape two spies pointing guns at you from opposite ends of the hallway and stuff. It's I can relate to that escaping a social situation thing. Just just <laughs> inventive stuff. Um, and for guy. somebody whose art is so kind of rough and rudimentary, it's really inventive at the same time. Beast is a bad guy, guys. He's a fucking bad guy. Hmm. He's a beast. Is that the first time, Roman? Huh? What? Is that the first time? The beast was a bad guy. He's been getting there for a while. Yeah, he's since ever since uh Age of Apocalypse beast. Yeah, thank you. Age of Apocalypse. So that, that was what God, how long ago was that? Was that like 20 80s. years ago? <laughs> Late 80s, early 90s, maybe maybe 25 years I think ago. It was the 90s. 30, 30 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's a long time ago. What is it with Marvel? Like every time there's a super smart Marvel character, they turn into like an antisocial asshole that is a bad guy at some point. Because like, abs- absolute intelligence corrupts absolutely. Isn't that how that goes? Yeah. Well, really like bringing it home. Batman's not. He's not right? smart. He's, really? Whoa. Whoa. Batman's smart. <laughs> really? He's, he's not as smart as Hank Pitt or Hank McCoy. Greatest detective. Yeah, you're Does, right. He's a detective. It's a different. Does DC effect. have smart people other than Lex Luthor? Mm-mm. Sure. Um, Mr. Terrific. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Lex Terrific. Luther, Luther, Batman. Batman. Savannah. <laughs> oh, wait, that's a bad example. Um, Savannah. Yeah, oh, Dr. Dr. Savannah. Dr. Savannah. Yeah. Um, played played by Mark Strong in the Shazam movie. It is weird. There is not that same type of like supreme intelligence as yeah. commonly, though. Like, there's a lot more of that in Marvel, I feel like. <laughs> Except for Marvel has. Oh, that's what you're saying. Intelligence. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, um that's a good place for us to end though except for roman no roman please go god oh just a quick mention um hang out tmnt the last ronin lost years number two i'm liking this series more than i did the oh the last ronin series itself the prelude series um because this is just it's only issue two but it's so far it's just uh the story of mikey 
before the last before the last Ronin. So he's just uh, wandering Japan, haunted by his dead brothers, and trying to regain himself and find a purpose. And it's it's great. <laughs> huh. Nice. Turtle life. I love that you're reading yeah. turtle books. Yeah, just just a wandering well ninja in this case, but the basic wandering samurai haunted by his past and his losses story. What do you give it numbers wise? Mm, I give it. I give it an eight point five. Hell Dang. yeah! Yeah, turtles, turtle soup. Right. Maybe make some turtle soup jokes in this. Oh, Whoa, God, old school. I'm not into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into turtle harm. Um. Well, Django, would you want to kick this can down the old dusty trail for us? Yeah, I read uh, Trojan number three. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. AWA Studios. Uh, hey, listen, if you're a listener, you could make these podcasts even longer and more Oof. fun if you wrote in. Ask us questions, tell us things, send us a voicemail, record it on your phone, and email it to jeff at thecomicsplace.com. Read more comics. Uh, keep reading comics. Nice. Smell the glove. And let's see. Support your local like comic store. Oh, I need to apologize to everybody. I oh. meant to keep that ball touching joke going through the whole thing, but I forgot. So. I was hoping that I did it for myself was going to be the through line joke. <laughs> well, I touch balls for myself, too. Uh, we all do. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. Listen, it's been great hanging out with you boys. Uh, we love you all. We'll see you next week. Thanks to Andrew for... <laughs> editing and will for emailing and uh the ted last bros podcast is going to be back Ooh. probably the same day that this one goes up maybe even a day before who knows I should watch that before it comes out season Me too. premiere came out ted lasso apple tv not a sponsor uh they could be <laughs> if they wanted to right, we should get the ted last bros to sponsor this podcast they are rolling in it over there at the last bros hq yeah <laughs> at headquarters yeah well, fuck, they, let's do it they have Heck. money they have money to spare. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. I'm Jeff. I'm Roman. I'm Django. Uh, oh. <laughs> Jeff, what do balls feel like? <laughs>